KV Mart stores are rooted in the communities we serve, and we are connected to the land in the same way our customers are. Whether you're an urban farmer, backyard chicken aficionado, traditional rancher, or anything in between, we offer just the right mix of homesteading, outdoor adventure, DIY, yard and garden, outdoor and workwear, husbandry, livestock, and pet supplies. Whether you're a dabbler or all in, we're here to help and strive to offer a range of products that will meet the unique needs of our customers. PV Mart will always be there with the tools, equipment, indoor or outdoor wares, seed or feed, for everyday work, fun, or connecting to the land on a whole new level. For more information, go to pvmart.com. Hi, I'm Ian Sherwood. As a songwriter and musician, I've traveled through countless small towns, heard incredible stories, and witnessed some of the amazing ways in which people in towns and cities across this vast country have woven their lives into the land they live on. It's made me think about the way I interact with my own environment and the natural world, where my family's food comes from, what impact I'm having on the planet, and what we're all leaving behind for our kids to inherit. So now I'm on a mission to learn about how I can tap back into the essence of where we all come from. Today, with so much at our fingertips, it's easy to lose sight of the most important connection we have. Welcome to Connected to the Land. On past episodes of this podcast, we've talked to a number of amazing women who have found unique and interesting ways of connecting to the land, be it through hunting, gardening, baking, or homesteading, the stories I've heard in the last couple of years have been inspiring. But let's face it, we might like to say this is a brave new world, but there is still a mountain of gender bias out there that keeps so many of these stories from ever seeing the light. So where do we find them? And maybe more importantly, where can they find each other? How hard is it for businesswomen in rural Canada to connect to other like-minded entrepreneurs? What are the obstacles they're facing, and is there a system in place that makes it harder for women to get their ideas out into the marketplace than their male counterparts? I wanted to know more, so I called up Jan and Erin Johnson, a mother-daughter entrepreneur team in rural Alberta and co-creators of the Trailblazer brand, magazine, and website. We chatted about the need for a platform where rural businesswomen can share their experiences, turning years of work creating an international publication into an overnight success, and the advantages of starting a business with someone you've grown up with, live with, and are related to. Jan and Aaron, welcome to Connected to the Land. We're so excited, so excited to, to be, be here. Thank you, Ian. Erin <laughs> always tells me I forget to introduce myself. So uh, Jan is the mom in the partnership. And I'm the daughter, Erin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, you are the first multi-generational guests that I've had on the show. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We could tell you some stories. I'll tell you. That'd be a whole other podcast. Episode. I want to hear them all. We have we have 40 minutes starting now. Um, you know, not all parent-child teams work out in the end, but you guys have been working together for the last 20 years. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. How's that? Yeah, mean? we have. And and I actually kind of get goosebumps when you say that because I feel like we don't often stop and look back over those 21, 22 plus years and yeah. acknowledge all that we've created and done and the challenges and the, and what we failed yeah. at too. So yeah. it's actually yeah. a reminder of our mortality. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We've been chugging along for that many years and there's so much yet that we want to do. <laughs> I know. And you know, um, as a mom, 
so Aaron was young. I what nine? I was 18. 18. Yeah. yeah. So we had to switch out of, you know, I'm the mom and I'm, I know this and I know that and, and really look at how do you grow um, a business that works with the skills and the values and the talents, but just the ideas, because uh, Aaron's ideas are very different from my ideas mm. and, and, a, and find a communication style that works because things aren't rosy all the time. We do have uh, disagreements and, um, you know, I'm, we sit across the table from each other every day. We've got to be able to work through them quickly. And uh, we know each other's buttons too. So that, that whole part of it <laughs> okay. has been really great, you know, to learn as well. I think that, that one of the biggest things is when working with family is you've yeah. got to, you've got to get to know them hmm. um, in a totally different way. Uh, and yeah. to, and mm-hmm. to respect and approach that mm-hmm. relationship as the working relationship. And then, um, and then to know when to turn that off if you're able to, and then show up as, as family. And yeah. 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 So we also live together. Right. So it's, oh, it's yeah. a yeah. big yard. <laughs> yeah. And there's always dishes in the sinks. So. <laughs> oh, uh, it's just, it's so incredibly um, sophisticated, your relationship, because I mean, I think of, I think of the relationship I have with say my dad and, you know, I really found that we, we, started connecting on a completely different level. This is not at all exactly the same, but the only way I can relate to it is like when we started working on cars together. So, oh. you know, I mean, growing up when I was a teenager and, and it's more about like, did you do your homework and can you mow the lawn and, and that sort of stuff, very traditional relationship. And then suddenly we found something that we were doing where it, there was still kind of the hierarchy. And I'm not saying that that doesn't exist between the two of you, but there was still dad and son, but still yeah. we were working on a project together. So we had to kind of work together for the actual outcome to to succeed. And uh, and it just sort of added another dimension to our relationship. And I, I bet you guys sort of found the same thing as well. I really just love the way you worded that, Ian, is that you had to work together, you know, for this common vision. And I think... Uh, that's what brings any generation together. And I, yeah, I really support that. That's, that's how Aaron and I view our work. Now we bring different skills and mm-hmm. talents to it, but uh, our why, our big why is the same. And so when we get really ramped up and going on something, uh, it just feels like this force. The power <laughs> starts happening. Yeah, the power yeah. of the two of us becomes the power of a hundred. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I would say. And I think yeah. the energy behind passion, when you have people that are aligned in that way, yeah. like what we're creating is so much bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's also such a blessing for us because I look at my life and I don't, it's not compartmentalized by my work and then my life and my family and my relationships. It's all one big, because we approach each other in relationship and our business and our life with that same um, passion and drive. So uh, yeah, it's just really, yeah. Our relationship has taught us more, our relationship and being in business, I think has taught us more about ourselves than any other experience that we've had. Yeah, I think yes. it's, and it's yeah. made us go into a deeper self-awareness of who we are and, mm-hmm. and what value we want to add to the world. Um, and because uh, our work involves that with other women, we're constantly um, 
looking at our next layer of self-awareness. And, you know, sometimes in business you have to push back uh, old limiting beliefs that maybe are holding you back that you're not aware of. And so when there's two people, um, we can challenge each other or discuss, hey, we're hanging on to this idea in this area. It's not serving us any longer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to actually get into the business that you guys are that you're in right now. I want to talk about the Trailblazing Trailblazer brand, brand, uh, which is fairly new. And I'm sitting here looking at a beautiful Trailblazer magazine that you <gasps> kindly you sent it. me in the mail. I just got it. <laughs> okay. And holy smokes, this is a beautiful magazine. Like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on and on about it a little bit in this in this chat because it really it struck me and my wife have both sort of coveted. And now we have friends just explaining it to them over the phone they're like oh no we're gonna have to have a copy of that as well oh, and uh, <laughs> and it comes with some seeds some uh, sunflower yeah. seeds that we have the perfect spot for them uh, <laughs> <Yay. I don't, laughs> that's really great uh, can you tell me a little bit about so this is a fairly a new a relatively new venture for you trailblazer if i'm not mistaken is that like like pre just pre-pandemic you started releasing issues Yes, we, well, it was, our first one came out November uh, 2020. So, you know, six months passed. We had decided, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And right at the start of the pandemic, we said, (laughs) Hey, hey, let's, let's bring this idea to life. <laughs> but it, okay. it didn't. So on the outside, it appears like this was an overnight thing. And it appears that yeah, um, right. we overnight had developed the skills for two women to pull off an issue like this. Because we had no other help. It was just the two of us. Interviews, arranging photo- photography, designing. But... What the 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 backstory is that literally that the, our twenty one plus years in business, every venture, every failure, everything along the way has built the character and mm. the resiliency and the resourcefulness and the skills, skills. to be able to pull this off. So, yeah. um, Trailblazer, the magazine, it happened on the heels. So just just before, no, just while the pandemic was declared. Um, so we've got about 70 laying hens on our property and I sell eggs, wash them. And I'm always oh, okay. looking for, for new customers. And, um, uh, I'm a part of a local Facebook group, um, where I wanted to post, Hey, I've got a surplus of farm fresh eggs. Um, would anyone like to buy them? I can deliver them. And my post got removed because I didn't live within a certain, uh, kilometer, um, from, from town, from the city. And I was oh. thinking, well, how odd is this? Like huh. what farms, what, what other businesses that are selling their farm fresh goods are going to be actually, are actually going to live within city limits. And I drove home and I thought how many other women, even just in our small area have amazing products to sell, but yeah. they, it's, it's hard to get the awareness out of it. So, yeah. so I came home and mom and I just really started brainstorming and we had we had then were ready to launch um, a directory that showcased the businesses of rural women so that people could find these amazing businesses and that really took off really fast on Instagram and that's when we said okay this coveted dream that we've always had of of starting our own coffee table publication where it's like this could be the right time. I, I think this is the right time. Yeah, <laughs> and you know oh, you start hearing stories and you go gosh other women, other people need to hear these stories too. Um, And being rural ourselves, we also know that 
there's a whole lifestyle, like there's a whole value system. There's a whole lifestyle that goes with this. We know how um, creative and resourceful uh, the women that we knew of um, mm-hmm. what were doing and creating their offerings. And we're going, there is not anything out on the, on the newsstands. I mean, you can have a country style uh, magazine or, you know, different variations of it, but nobody was focusing on the enterprising aspect mm-hmm. of women. What are they like as entrepreneurs? And of course we knew that we're living it. So yeah. um, that was, that was really important. And that was our differentiating factor was um, enterprising rural women. Like what are they doing? How are they showing up? Is anybody noticing? How are they getting people to know about um, their products, their services? Their challenges, their um, triumphs. So it, it's been an education, an educational um, venture too, because we're really passionate about of, about showing the diversity of what rural women are doing. Yeah. Um, there are so many incredible ranchers and women in ag, and there are also incredible homesteaders, um, fiber arts, soap makers, foragers. Like the the yeah. diversity is is so inspiring. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I'll, there's so much in there that I want to unpack. I mean, including the, the, the 20 plus years of experience that comes before this overnight success of a magazine. Um, I mean, I'm really, I'm really struck by the fact that, that the two of you just started a magazine that right off the bat, I think it, 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 it wasn't just something that you decided to put together with your own experiences, but you're actually drawing from experiences from women across the country and you're organizing photo shoots from, you know, in different parts in <laughs> yeah. Ontario and Illinois yeah. and other, you know, other parts of, you know, the continent that to have all of that come together, you, you bit off a really big chunk right off the top. And, uh, and again, I want to, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, but as I, as I sit here looking at it, it's in this heavy weighted paper, um, you know, like I said, the, the photos are, are professionally taken, but then the stories that are inside you open the magazine you start to read and and you found some incredible stories that that women Mm -hmm. are sharing here it's a really a really fantastic publication um and i want to come back to something that you mentioned about getting these stories of resilient women and i'm wondering if maybe you guys can talk a little bit about um what are some of the biggest unique obstacles that rural business women are facing these days Oh, well, I'm going to say the first one is probably, um, internet, internet connection. Mm. Um, you know, if you're running a farm store or your, your business is online and more and more rural women are, are making sure that they have a strong online presence. Um, even some of the group things that we do, you can be in the middle of a a zoom call and, you know, and there it goes, it's gone again. Right. Yeah. And uh, so internet is a huge one. I think, Time, time as a resource is, if not number one, it's the number two challenge for for these women. So Mm. as we all know, a rural lifestyle, rural living comes with a whole gamut of roles that are all priority. There's families, there's homesteads, there's livestock, there's animals. And so these women are doing all of these things. A lot of them homeschool. A lot of them Mm -hmm. are in charge of field meals. A lot of them are in charge of caring for livestock. And then plus on this, stealing time in between all of those uh, running and growing and creating businesses. So that's where we really try and help them. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> to yeah. manage all that. Childcare is a huge one too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Along with yeah. internet, childcare is a huge one. We're 
we're in, we're, we have, think we finally figured that out. Aaron has a four-year-old son, my little grandson, Luca. Hmm. And, uh, we didn't have any childcare on the first issue of the magazine. I honestly don't know how when we I did looked it. back a year and a half ago. I don't know. I don't know how we did it. I really don't. Um, and and the other one that I think is um, not often talked about, but felt the most, and what we're providing through our membership is support for each other. We yeah. have platforms now for women to talk about anything under the sun and share and support each other. And sometimes when you're having a tough day, just being able to be uh, acknowledged and understood by somebody who really gets it uh, makes all the difference in the world. So um, mental health is also an area that we um, keep a spotlight on because uh, the demands can be so huge. You know, it's, it's seeding time now and, and then they'll be harvesting and, you know, a rural lifestyle moves through the seasons and, and um, uh, sometimes you don't have time to catch your breath and, uh, yeah. and be present uh, in a way that you want to, for whether it be for your children or your customers or whoever that is. So I think those are the main ones, Ian. Yeah. I mean, I love that you brought up mental health. It's probably something that uh, in the last few years, people are focused a little more on, but definitely a generation ago, not something that uh, if you were running a small business in, in a rural part of Canada, that necessarily was something that got a lot of light shone on it. Um, it also sort of reminds me of the old adage, if you want something done, give it to a busy mom. <laughs> Isn't that the <laughs> Sounds like for the yeah. first publication, anyway. That's exactly what happened. Um, you know, I wonder if there's something deeper here. If there's if there's a system in place, and you know, you can give me your thoughts on this if if you can. You know, if, is there a system in place that that needs changing? I mean, in terms of like government or laws, or is there is this mostly a community mindset, or is there something? Is it both? I think it's both. I think like we we looked at this question and we thought, okay. One of the number one resources that is uh, can be so limiting is funding. Is right. is having um, like we're not we're not new to startups. We've bootstrapped so many initiatives and projects and businesses through the years. Yeah, and actually tying it into what are okay, where do we see ourselves in five, 10 years? And we've talked a lot about how amazing it would be to, to be able to have a pool of funding to help some of these rural women just get started mm, or to, right. to, to take off some pressure um, so they can focus on what they need to, to grow their businesses. So I think funding is, is one of them that can be really difficult if you've got no assets or um, whatever to, collateral to, collateral yeah. to yeah. back it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still the community piece too. Yes. Um, with, uh, rural women, um, who are doing all the things, um, uh, are not always acknowledged and, uh, respected and seen as maybe being decision makers, uh, in the whole process, especially farming and ranching. Um, but, but in other areas too. And, but I'll tell you what, women yeah. are so enterprising that, they're starting businesses that are providing solutions to the problems they see. So for example, um, mental health coaches specifically for rural women are, is a, even in our membership, we have uh, several members that that is their business. So um, I think 
because we keep our, our eyes on and our ears on what's going on that women themselves are creating businesses that are the solutions to the things that they're seeing and noting out there. And that's really exciting because um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at this and say that yeah. um, a woman who's really entrepreneurial and living in a rural environment probably doesn't look to the government for a solution or help for that problem. She'll just go and maybe collaborate. And I'll tell you, the other thing is a really big trend that's happening now, and it's going to be more than a trend, is women are partnering and collaborating together. And I think we're realizing that it's not a competitive environment we're working in. It's collaborative. And uh, we see a lot of um, businesses that are coming together you know, two small businesses coming together to create something, you know, bigger that's, that they have reach and, you know, with social media that brings two communities together. And that's a really growing area that we see now is that it's an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it all alone. So who's a good partner for me? Yeah. And I feel as though your magazine almost becomes a hub for women like that. Uh, or is that maybe one of the the ideas that you had behind it is is offering a bit of a forum for for different women to learn about what other rural women are doing? Absolutely, oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like like yes, because not only do we get letters and messages weekly, just saying, "Oh my God, this is so inspiring." Yeah. Um, to, to see this to read these stories and these photos and see what these women are creating but it's also it helps other women value themselves because yep. they're wow like because we get messages too like i mean someone just wanting to say i just appreciate what you're doing thank you i mean what i do i i'm just a farm wife or i'm just this so i would never make it into the pages of your magazine and we say whoa wait <laughs> what's your story let's uh, talk yeah right. like uh, like so Oh, I totally lost my train of thought. What were we even? <laughs> I don't know. I can't finish your sentence. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, a hub. A hub, yes. So yes, yeah. absolutely. We have such an incredible opportunity in front of us in that we can connect women across Canada into the U.S. and say, hey, what challenges are you having in, in your business what have what are you trying that's worked over there that mm-hmm. maybe we haven't even thought of here? So a hub is exactly we're connecting, inspiring, and and growing together. Yeah. 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 Aaron, I think I've heard you say this quote before where if you ever want to make a profit, don't publish a magazine. <laughs> yep. But, but you really you really went in the other direction with this. Uh, how long does it take you to put one of these issues together? Because it looks fairly involved. Do you really want to know? Uh, yeah, I really do. Yeah. Okay. And I think everyone should know that this is not something yeah. that you're just doing in a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's three months between magazine releases and we're actually uh, still uh, surprised at how quickly those 90 days pass between one release yeah. and the next. Like it's a beast. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we have... Uh, we have four different email accounts. So when somebody fills out a form on our website to contribute, that goes into a certain place and that information's got to be um, uh, categorized. And uh, we have a virtual assistant, uh, Kim, uh, who lives out in Ontario, who helps us with that. Um, even just to write a feature. So um, our very first premiere issue 
we had eight features and I'm just going to give you a, yeah. the, the quick and dirty story of how yeah. much time went into them and what we learned from that and what we're doing now. Um, so we had eight women. Um, we thought, uh, so we interviewed them on zoom. We sent them a qu- the questions ahead of time and, uh, but we, we didn't ask for the responses back. So we decided that it would be really uh, great on our part, like, to not take notes while we interviewed them, asking the questions again, but we recorded it. What what re- we realized very quickly is then uh, then I after so after an hour and a half interview, then I had to go oh. back and listen to that hour and a half again and now make my notes. And I don't I'm not even anywhere near writing the article yet. Then the article had to be written. Uh. So long story short, I was probably spending. I don't know, 12 to 15 hours per feature. And that was Ooh. eight of them. Yeah. I oh honestly don't know how I did that. <laughs> now it's, it's much more streamlined. Um, but it's, it's all, a constant, it, yeah. It, a whole, the whole magazine, it's, it's, it comes so fast. And I think yeah. we've just been the last two years heads down in the workload of it. Logistically, mm-hmm. I think people would be fascinated logistically by um, the incoming data that we receive because mm-hmm. every page Every, every advertisement, it all comes from a form and communication and photography and releases. And yeah. typically a magazine does have a team of at least 20 people. And here we were, yeah. here we are now three women um, uh, pulling this off. So I typically have um, 14 days um, <laughs> to look at photos for the first time, read the articles, and I design the whole 108 pages. Like, so we're still, oh, wow. we're still in a hustle mode. However... Yeah. We're now planning, okay, like months ago, we've already, we're already starting to fill in gaps for our upcoming fall, winter, spring issue. So we're really at a pivotal time in the business and the production of the magazine where, you know, we've learned so much in the last two years, having had no magazine experience. We know where we want to take this. So we're just on the verge where we, we know what we need to do to really scale mm-hmm. and to, to lighten our workload so that we're showing up with and using our skills where we absolutely need to in the magazine and what else can we let go of and, and to bring on more for the team so that we can be mom and I can be visualizing and growing this magazine and business forward. Yes. Right. Uh, Amen. So you don't you don't plan to keep it as just a three person venture then? Are you, are you gonna... No. <laughs> okay, all no. Right. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, the way you describe it, it sounds something like like chaos. But I mean, I but I think it's important for people to hear that because because the end product is so fantastic. I mean, people need to know that what you're going through is not dissimilar than what they're experiencing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the perseverance that's important. I mean, these days, social media, as we know, it can just make everything look shiny and effortless, you know, yeah, but yeah. seeing the warts or, or the lack, for the lack of a better term, the warts is comforting sometimes, you know, to know that, you know, look at this amazing product while this is the ton of work that goes into making it. Um, you also have a website and the website and, and the, uh, and the magazine you're focusing on, on women entrepreneurs and trailblazers, but on rural women who are creating business models with it, it almost seems like a natural environment and grassroots at the core. Why, why was that important for you? Oh gosh. You know, um, a few or years did that ago, just happen on naturally on its own when you were um, talking to women? Sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. No, no, not really. We've, uh, um, prior to the magazine, Aaron and I have done websites and, uh, 
uh, probably about seven, eight years ago, a lot of our clientele were rural business women, um, mainly because we had taken a, a course called uh, Equine Assisted Learning. And so we were in the middle of a community of women who, you know, owned horses and were doing these uh, programs. And so we just became so immersed in, uh, in the backgrounds of their businesses. I mean, mm. to put a really good website together, we've got to interview and, uh, uh, you know, find out all the things and write good content and, and design a really good layout. And I think it was, um, and then it just became, I don't know, natural that, that we just really like working with these women. Like they were, yeah. that the whole uh, niche was just like, this just feels like home and it just felt so um, um, I think it, right. I think it connected us to a part of ourselves that had been yearning to get back to rural too. I mean, we grew up rural horses, um, life happened and circumstances changed and we were living in Calgary and for years it was our dream like to get back to the country, get back. And now we're back here. And of course it, I mean, it all makes sense now, but yeah. we, they in working with them, these rural business women, it connected us to that part of ourselves and also to the values that come mm-hmm. with the rural lifestyle. I mean, there's a certain way, there's a certain kind of resourcefulness and resiliency that you have to have when you're living rural. It's just a whole, mm. it's a whole new world that um, that then fosters the, its own unique ideas and opportunities. And that's exactly so the women in our community in the pages of Trailblazer they're seeing they're they're literally using the land that they're living on and turning that into opportunity. So yeah. Yeah. um Jess Mose, her business is uh, Prairie Soap Shack. So she forages on her land and creates wild crafted, incredible soaps and bath and beauty products. And so she's just one example how how there's just such a unique circumstance and unique op- opportunities that these rural women yeah. are taking and running with. Yeah, and once you get into it, you just you you're you're pulled in because um, the the stories, but the challenges that are overcome, and um, just the the creativity. The creativity blows me away. I mean, you yeah. can look at us and say, "Yeah, we're creative." I write, Aaron designs. We pull mm-hmm. these things together, but we're just as inspired by what we find when we're looking and talking and digging they're, into it. They're the, these rural women, they're the silent leaders within their communities. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. We could go on and on. about <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating. And actually on that, do you think that rural business women have been an overlooked resource for communities in the past? Oh, so Absolutely. Much. So yeah. much, so much. So I think, um, I'm going to direct you to a story that's in the magazine you've got there, mm-hmm. Ian, with, sure. uh, the tulips, they're you yeah, know, two, right. uh, two sisters who are farming uh, and they've been at it for years. And even to this day, if they would walk into a tractor uh, dealership, they're still asked, uh, where's your husband? Uh, where's your dad? Right. Whatever, you know. Um, so there just there just hasn't been this acknowledgement. Um and uh, I mean, farming has traditionally been um, seen as men's work, yeah. but uh, women want to be able to be seen and acknowledged as farmers. 
as ranchers because they're doing it all out there themselves as well. And that all starts with awareness and a conversation. And I think um, that's where Trailblazer Magazine Hmm. can contribute just a little bit to this overall conversation of, wow, look what what they're doing. And, And I think too, in turn, seeing these stories, it, it's helping other women value their role on the farms, on yep. their ranches, on their homesteads. Cause they're, I think, isn't that the truth for any of us? If it's something comes easy to us, or if we're just showing up every day, doing something, we forget that that can be our strength and our uniqueness. And so for these women to be able to, to, to help them see the value in what they're yeah. doing can also be life-changing for them. Yeah. Cause confidence. sometimes there's yeah confidence and I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I think when they're in the community of uh, other rural women that we're providing is the confidence level grows. And we've, I think we just had a, yeah. a text the other day, that's just, just how deeply we've impacted this one gal's uh, ability to believe and have confidence in what she's doing because the more she hears and sees other women doing it, she's going, yeah, yeah. Like Hmm. I I am doing it. I am good at this and I should be able to charge a good price because undervaluing often shows up in the pricing end of things. So we bring um, experts into our group situations, you know, to talk about those things. How do you, value what you're providing, whether it's a product or service. And uh, I remember a lady not too long ago was doing these uh, homemade handmade purses. And she, we asked her, you know, in the group, what, what are you charging for it? And I, to us, it was like half what she should have been. So yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to nail those things too. Like you're worth it, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it's, that's that's amazing and so well put and some really great points that you made in there. Uh, so you, you folks are based in Alberta, just north of Calgary, but the yes. women that you're talking to are from all over Canada um, and they're doing- And the US. And the US, yeah. And yeah. their businesses are very varied. They're they're doing lots of different things, but can you, can you identify a common thread that these women have? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, they're very independent thinkers. Um, they're gutsy. Yeah. We can't just have one word. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you don't have to. Yeah, use as many as you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, grit is up there at the top of the list. But I think they're hmm. also um, push the boundaries kinds of uh, women. And, you know, when you're living out in the middle of nowhere, um, there actually isn't anyone telling you you can't do something. You're not, you're not pushed in. Um, maybe that's the way you'd be in an urban center to compare yourself with someone else. So you get really creative and you start thinking of um, possibilities, maybe that you might've been shy to put out to your, your group or your friends or around you. But I, yeah, I think those, and um, they're resourceful. They're, they're strong. They're committed. They're solid. They're just solid women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to come back to the fact that, because I find this is really interesting, that that your whole business is set up to help rural women start their business and continue their business and and help them meet other business women. Um, what kind of challenges are you running into as business owners that you are trying to help the folks you're helping overcome, if that's not too confusing of a question? 
No, time management. That's a really easy one. Time management and productivity. So we're mm. learning uh, about new, um, what do you call it? So Aaron's the techie one in the bunch here, <laughs> uh, software processes that can manage uh, information, yeah. incoming information behind the scenes. But, but time management and productivity are two areas that we struggle uh, with. We struggle with, yeah. and we know a lot of other women do as well. Yeah. Um, and I think I think funding and like and, and monetary. So back to the the childcare, like we, right. um, you know, we we pay to work to grow a business to, you know, work towards profit. So I think, and that's not unlike every other woman, right? So yeah, um, yeah but we're we're at a we two years in, we're at a really pivotal place too. So we're looking at, like Jen was saying, how can we leverage and automate a lot of things that we're doing so that we can scale? Um, and I think a, a hard part that we have, but now we're, we're, we're ready is letting go of certain of control of certain things in our business yeah. that don't actually require our eyes that we can mm. trust someone else to do them because yeah, that's right. going to free up our time to really to, to grow it. So uh, yeah, we, we've really just honestly Ian, spent the last two years in such an enormous creative workload that we're, I feel like it's good timing to ask that question because we're just coming up for air and being able to look back and connect some dots so that, um, we can look ahead and, and, and make a plan with, for where we want to go. Yeah. And I think, um, we have a transparency with our community that if we're learning something, um, we'll share it and we'll, we'll challenge women like, Maybe it's time you need to scale. What do you need to do to do that? Hmm. Uh, maybe it's time um, that you need to bring on a VA. It's not, you know, um, all those different things. So anything that we're going through, we make it an open topic of discussion because, you know, sure as heck, if we're experiencing it, probably there's a lot of gals who are as well. And we have women in every phase. So start up. Up, you know, like zero to two years, two to five, five plus, ten plus. Mm. Um, they provide information back to the women who are coming along too. So it's a really great reciprocal thing yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, on top of the publication that you have, you're also public speakers and you help with uh, branding of businesses. I mean, what's the most important piece of advice that you find that you're sharing with rural business women? That for me, that a skill will never go to waste. Mm. I think um, for us, we look back and we've failed at a lot of businesses and a lot of things that we've tried. We've been on our knees from from just things not working out and and all that. But I look back and I think, oh my God, that taught us this. Yeah. That taught us this. And never in a million million years, if you asked us 20 years ago, hey, can you imagine if you if you started out of like the studio in your basement, uh, mm. international print magazine? I, I would have never guessed this, but it makes sense because all along the way we've been acquiring these skills and they've helped us create and sh- show up in the biggest, most passionate way that we can while being aligned with our natural talents and skills. So for me, you can never go wrong with having skills because it's allowed us 
we design our own websites. We design our own logos. Mom does all the writing. So it's, it's armed us with the tools that we've needed to see and bring our dreams to fruition. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Jen. Well, I was just going to say, I was just going to personalize that and be specific. So in terms of writing, like I don't consider myself to be this great literary writer of any degree, but you know what I learned? Um, I was a career coach for years before Aaron and I started our business. Mm. I was doing resumes. So I really learned how to interview well. And then from there, we, um, we were doing websites. So again, there's interviewing and writing and the writing had to be tight and concise for websites and resumes. And so when we looked at doing the magazine, well, Hey, I know how to interview well. <laughs> I know how to capture it into concise ways. Our feature articles are only a thousand words long. And so that's what we want when we talk about skill building. But women, uh, we also like to share that um, who you're growing as a person. So there's the personal side of it too. So that challenge that you had, um, what, what did that build in you that is going to allow you to shine, to blossom now? Like, let's find some of those things and, uh, and put them out there. And yeah. so we celebrate each other when we, you know, come down, come up off our knees and say, Hey, okay, I'm ready for this next phase. And we love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that it's, it's important to, on top of building skills, it's important for people to realize that although you had a lot of these amazing skills that lent themselves to publishing a magazine from design layout to just being a wonderful writer and knowing how to interview, you know, the fact that sometimes you just have to get down and, and learn the skill that you need to learn in order to achieve the thing at the end of the day. Um, you're not afraid of doing that either. And, uh, I would imagine that that is, a, that might be also a common trait of a lot of the business people that you're speaking to. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can have, learn anything online. You have to have that, that spirit. I mean, to be an entrepreneur, it, it takes a lot. You've got to have grit. Um, you've got to be resourceful. You've got to have drive. Um, mm-hmm. You can't be scared of taking risks. And I think you have to have a little bit of crazy too, because yeah. you, if you want to do big things, <laughs> you've yeah. got to take that leap. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I would encapsulate that in two, in two ways. Lifelong learning is important for anyone in the world today and a growth mindset. And if, if you can keep those two things uh, you know, in your back pocket that maybe it's time you need to learn something and to have an open mind, um, to doing it, uh, because, um, a growth mindset, uh, is going to always keep you looking and looking at the uh, horizon, what's happening, what's going on, what's, you know, COVID changed a lot of things for people yeah. Uh, yeah. in terms of what they prioritize. And so a lot of rural women responded in kind, with new offerings or they amped up their businesses to do that. And so a growth mindset and lifelong learning will mm-hmm. take you a long ways too. I've heard you use the word grit a few times in this interview and, and I've, I've heard it in the past too. You use it. What, what does that word mean to you? Oh, <laughs> I think <laughs> you sound tired when you sigh. Well, no, because, <laughs> you know, because during conversations <clears throat> like this, there's always, um, 
a parallel experience going on. So the very thing that mom and I are doing by shedding light on the resiliency and grit of these rural women and celebrating, I feel like is what we needed um, for ourselves in all of those years of us working together. And so I like this. So it's a, it's, there's two experiences always going on. Like we're showing up as, in, as business women, growing this business together, helping other women, but it's also affecting us personally. I mean, we've, this, this is an, it has been, is a successful venture for us. Yeah. Um, and we've never been successful in this way. We've been through a lot of mm. hard times. We've been really broke and on our knees. And I think, wow. When I hear the word grit, it brings me back to those moments where, yeah, like this, this is tough. This sucks. I, I don't know if we can go on. Like, what are we doing? Are we crazy for hanging in there for this long together? Like, what are we doing? And, And this whole cycle. So to me, grit is so important because you have to have the wherewithal when things are really tough. And, and we have, yeah. And I want to add to that, that, the grit is not, there's a stubbornness to it, but it's not about <laughs> being stubborn. It's no, it's being able to um, pivot. And and that's the word I'm going to bring in there too, is that yeah. grit keep going. It keeps you driving you forward. Um, but if you had just hung on to something forever, I mean, you might be just the most stubbornest person because sometimes things are just not going to work out. It's a learning experience move on. And so I think we're better now at recognizing when it's time to pivot and redirect that drive and that passion in another direction. So in today's languaging, I would say grit is being able to recognize that and uh, change your direction and um, get clear on your why again, what's my purpose, and then take that energy and, and and send it in that new direction. And I think that's what we've gotten better at is not hanging on to something but whose time has passed. Um, Jan and Aaron, this, this has been a fabulous conversation. I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to speak with me today about this. Um, uh, like I said in our little pre-chat, you know, I just I really enjoy talking to folks who are who are passionate about what it is that they do, and and uh, you two really brought the heater. Um, I only got through maybe half the questions I wanted to ask. We could just <laughs> chat forever. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a delight. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so yeah. much, Ian, for the opportunity. We love any chance we can to to share stories. <laughs> it was ab- our absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> Connected to the Land is a PV Industries podcast produced by Village Sound, and I'm your host, Ian Sherwood. A special thanks to this episode's sponsor, PV Mart, the 100% Canadian-owned, down-to-earth retail chain. If you enjoyed this program, you should consider subscribing. Also, you can check us out at connectedtotheland.info, our affiliated website and a great resource for homesteading, farming, and all things connected to the land. Thanks for listening.